tell your therapist about Better Buddies. Hello, and welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. With us this week, we've got Calvin. Hello. And Elia. Hello. Our Better Buddies icebreaker this week. If you were to change your hair color, I'm sorry, Eli, what color would you go with? <laughs> Any. Wow. <laughs> Any hair? <laughs> I mean, you got facial hair, you can dye. Oh, that's true. That's that true. Hmm. I, I mean, I would go... This might be cheating... But I wouldn't mind like kind of a silvery, like mm. pep silver peppered, you know, black, kind of like a George Clooney style. Okay. I think I would I think if I if I had to pick just one color, I would go like silver. I think that would make yeah. me look wise. Distinguished. <laughs> yeah. I need a need a, a tweed jacket and a corn pipe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I'd probably go with like a I I don't know I don't know if I could dye my hair I'd have to like it's like one of the I'd probably have to be like told I'm getting my hair dye and like just have someone else decide for me because I, I I don't think I could decide my own hair color I don't like I couldn't do anything crazy um, I think the craziest I could do would be something like like silver or gray that'd be kind of cool. Like an like a not like old hair gray, but like that like grayish silver that can look kind of neat. Again, d- very distinguished looks here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're fancy. I'm gonna be the crazy <laughs> one. I think I'd go either like a bright electric blue or a just absolute like neon lime green. Just would do that, it anyways. Would do that be now. would that be like your hair and your beard, or would you do separate colors? I would. I don't know. I'm maybe both. Like. Yeah, that, one I is mean, green, the sick. other is blue. But that'd be sick. <laughs> the, if I could, I don't really want to like. For whatever reason, I don't want to just like dye half of it. I want to dye all of it and then fast forward to the part where like I've got it's grown out and I've gotten a couple haircuts and it's got that nice fade going. They can just do that for you. They can like fade out your color. Yeah, color <laughs> cool, I don't know how hair works, so. <laughs> yeah, just go to a salon and tell them that's what you want. They'll yeah, do people, that's why people get paid to do hair. Yeah. <laughs> they know. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair point. Either that or like, I don't know. Maybe uh, I like the silver, but I don't know that I want to go full silver. Right? Like, I don't want streaks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Our next segment: Better Buddies Recommend, where we recommend a piece of media to enjoy. I'm going to start us off this week. Uh, before the podcast started, we were talking about some big chonkers of books, such as Wheel of Time, <laughs> and a book Whoa. Eli described as being so detailed as to describe the daily routine and the meals of the main character. I'm not recommending anything that big. I'm rec- recommending the book Paddle Your Own Canoe by um, Paddle Your Own Canoe by Nick Offerman. It is Ooh. an autobiography detailing, for the most part, his childhood. His, uh, a little bit of his high school and, uh, a lot of his college with the last maybe quarter of the book, quarter to the last, like fifth of the book being his time working in Hollywood and his experiences as an actor and like starting in Chicago and then moving out to LA and like meeting his wife. But it's interspaced with a, a lot of humor. He's a funny guy. B, a lot of like life advice. So after every chapter, there's like a mini chapter kind of centering on something related to the previous chapter. So there's one area where he talks about like the 10 things to be a man. And he starts it off with like a real man is someone who drinks single malt scotch and eats steak and does X, Y, and Z. Wait, no, shut the fuck up. No, it's not. It's this. Uh, and like, it's very much playing off the perception from him being Ron Swanson, because it was published in 2012, at the height of Swansondom. Um, but he plays with that perception of him to show, like, hey, there are aspects of this that are true. I grew up on an Illinois farm, and worked on the farm, and, like, know how to do woodworking shit. 
But also, in school, when I learned the word nonconformist, I said, that's what I want to be when I grow up. (laughs) (laughs) The dude is huffed fumes out of a paint can. Like... (laughs) Um, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Nick Offerman is always one of those celebrities that's intrigued me. Not just because he's, you know, so funny, but I you see his stand-ups and they're kind of in the same vein as a George Carlin stand-up where he's one part giving you jokes but also really sound advice. Yeah. <laughs> I and once one of his stand-ups he talked about uh making your own cards instead of buying them. And mm-hmm. ever since then I've taken that advice and I actually draw every card I send people and That's in the book. I don't know, for, yeah, yeah. So I'm sure there's some overlap between the stand-up and the and the book. And yeah, that's just one thing that I, I, I when you say there's lots of interesting advice in in the book, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Because I follow some of that advice. <laughs> yeah. Like part of that so like you said, like make your own card. Like it doesn't matter what else you do. If you make a handmade, well intentioned card, like it's gonna be valued more. And like get out in the woods and if you can get onto a lake, if you make your own canoe, that's great. If not, at least you at least make your own paddle. Like make your own paddle when you get out on that lake. And he's also very raunchy. <laughs> like <laughs> you read through that book, he does not like. There's one, the last chapter, or no, sorry, the second to last chapter. He tries to hold back a little bit because it's like, oh, this one's for you, mom. And it, halfway through the chapter, he just, he's like, sorry, mom, I give up. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um. Like, he, I don't think I've, I've, the only place I've heard more descriptions and word usage to describe women's breasts is from a, like, eight-year-old, an eighth grader. <laughs> like, he can hardly go a page. Which is strange, because he's like, that book feels like a, a good anti-toxic uh, masculinity. <laughs> but it is, that's the crazy thing, is it is anti-toxic masculinity. Because he's he's not just saying like go around and sleep with women like betray like degrade women. He's talking about his wife. (laughs) He's he's talking about how much he loves his wife. (laughs) And like he does talk about like his past and his romantic history and stuff, but it's never it's never this is like it's never women are objects. It's this is a great activity, and these are great aspects about humanity. Uh, uh, he encourages everyone to partake, if they can, of whatever they choose, consensually. But again, it's 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 so it's such it's it highlights the complexity of Nick Offerman, like someone who doesn't know, someone who hasn't read the book or hasn't seen stand up or doesn't know him beyond Parks and Recreation would buy that book, thinking, ah, it's a book of Ron Swansondom. And then they would open it and go, oh, oh, no, this is not Ron Swanson. <laughs> this is just a man. Uh, RJ, I, I don't know if you, you're finishing up, but I would love to piggyback uh, off with, uh, for a recommendation. All right. Um, uh, I'm going to wrap up then by saying if I am not a big nonfiction person, I, I'm much more into fiction, but I have read exactly three autobiography no i've read two autobiographies one biography maybe another biography i don't remember but of the two autobiographies i read one is nick offerman the other is jimmy buffett mm-hmm. jimmy buffett is your you know, jimmy buffett's is from when he turned 50 so it's your dad passing down wisdom based on his failures nick offerman's is from 2012 when he was in like 30s 40s and that's your like uncle telling you dirty jokes and giving you some life advice your parents don't want you to know. <laughs> I could, I could blend. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it really, like, the guy has done weed. Like, he, there's literally one of the mini sections after a chapter. He just goes through every, like, all the base substances for substance abuse and tells you which ones you should do and in what moderation. Oh, my God. Interesting. <laughs> Including shrooms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so you've learned many important lessons rj <laughs> i've learned a few things and some things <laughs> i don't want to learn <laughs> but yeah that's my recommendation uh paddle your own canoe by nick offerman
Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to follow that up with a, a recommendation that is almost in the exact same vein as RJ's. It's a nonfiction book written by Jonathan Gornall called How to Build a Boat. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's, it's, it's very much different than Nick Offerman. Uh, Jonathan Gornell is a, is a journalist and this book tells the story of how he, he built a boat. He built a boat, even though he has no carpentry skills, no nav, uh, boating skills. He just did it on a whim because he thought it would be a really nice present for his infant daughter. (laughs) And so, and so you get this book of him chronicling, learning how to build a boat. Um, For one, he does it for his daughter, but more so he kind of does it as like, it's kind of like a healthy midlife crisis because he himself realizes (laughs) that like he had, he doesn't have a lot of tools that like are, you know, like like he's lazy (laughs) you know with all modern technology and everything you get things right away like he could buy like a kayak on amazon or something so he kind of has this feeling of like i want to build this not only for my daughter but for myself to teach us both the importance of like kind of what nick offerman was talking about you know building something with your own hands and having it be yours and I'm about halfway through the book right now, and he's just—he's just a very interesting guy. Like the tidbits about his personal life are very interesting. He's a journalist, so his writing is immaculate. It's just very entertaining and informative. And yeah, if you—if you know—if RJ got your, uh, you know, got your interest in nonfiction, I—I would gladly add this to your collection. Uh, How to Build a Boat by Jonathan Gornell. It's very, very good. All right. That it sounds interesting. Sounds like it might be a little bit more um, respectful and <laughs> appropriate for your grandparents. Yeah, I'd say yeah. Nick Offerman is the is the fun option. I think uh, Jonathan Gornell is a little more a little more for the uh, the the uh, what's self reflective. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Not, a little less, uh, a little, maybe a little more stuffy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fair enough. Calvin, do you uh, have one you'd like to recommend? Uh, yeah, uh, mine's a little bit more just casual. Uh, I'll probably recommend the Amazon Prime show uh, Reacher. Uh, it came out like a week or two ago, maybe this last week. Um, but it's just a short little uh, series of, uh, with uh, Jack Reacher. Um, there was those like two Jack Reacher films that came out like six, seven years ago with uh, Tom Cruise in them. Pretty good. Uh, I can't remember if Jack Reacher is uh, another Tom Clancy character, but it's kind of in that vein. He's like a former military police guy who's just now kind of like a wanderer, kind of like hobo kind of guy. <laughs> just walks across this. He's a self-described hobo. Um and just like wanders across the country because he can, um, and just collects his army pension from Western unions across the country, just because it's <laughs> wired to him. So then he just keeps wandering, grabbing a bus, pays cash. Uh, but yeah, it's a. I think it's like eight episodes, and it's um, just he stumbles into this town, gets caught up in a this like conspiracy kind of thing, people wanting him dead, and yeah, it's it. I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was some pretty good action, um, a good story. So, yeah, if you're looking for some just kind of like fun action kind of thriller, it's not like spy, but it's kind of like adjacent to that. It's like got the like somewhat and uh, it's got the like that investigation kind of deal of like what's going on in this town and like who's involved and stuff like that. Thought it was quite good. Uh, is it i just want to check because you said he, like his whole thing is he'll wander from town to town just collecting his pension or whatever and beating people up along the way that are doing evil uh is the show itself centered around like each episode kind of a new town or is it like he won no it's he all into town one and big it's, out? yeah it's all this one big conspiracy the premise is has very little to do with the the fact that he wanders around from town to town that's just like his backstory. That's just who he is. Okay. Um, he just gets caught up in this one town's conspiracy of like 
stuff happening and people trying to kill him and uh yeah a lot of fighting a lot of punching a lot of good action it's a good time so guys um audience once you're done sophisticating yourself with uh with the books just go and just go and go reacher you know just (laughs) blow off the steam (laughs) with watching a dude beat the shit out of guys we've got a de-escalating staircase of We've got this book, build, build how to build a boat. It's it's a really self-reflective, philosophical look at the tool, like those tools and skills we accumulate in life, and how we pass those down to our children, and what how what we might lack can impact their lives, and the process of learning. And then we've got paddle your own canoe by Nick Offerman, a slightly raunchier tale of self-reflection and self-discovery where. It's okay to let loose and have a little bit of fun. And then we got Jack Reacher. Dude shoots people. It's awesome. It is. I like I like the spectrum we're working with. It's a good spectrum. Yeah, you gotta have it all though. Like it's life is about balance. You gotta have the self-reflective moments where you think about who am I? And then you gotta have those moments where you just wanna watch some senseless violence on people who've earned it. <laughs> nice our next segment how to be a better buddy where we give some real and some humorous advice our first question this week men how do you respond when life gives you slap with the further details when life gives you slap with uh, and they originally had a slap slash waving emoji what do you do is slap it like an acronym for something? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know that I understand the question. When life slap. gives you slap. Uh, slap can stand for uh, <laughs> uh, sour candy. <laughs> um, <laughs> linguini. Sour candy linguini. Where's the C? Apricots. Apricots and peaches. What the fuck is this shit, Eli? When life gives you slap, you sit down and you eat. You just put together a chopped food basket for Food Network's chopped cooking competition. (laughs) Here, the the contestants today will have to make a dinner meal using sour candy, linguine, apricots, and peaches. (laughs) The requirement is savory. Let's let's see what they do with that sour candy. Oh, I see. They're I see. They're, they're the one chef is reducing the candy to its into a sour candy uh, base to make to make a gravy. Oh, well, let's see where they go from here. Oh, yeah, sour gravy. <laughs> oh, the Jolly Rancher, the Apple Jolly Rancher gravy is very common in certain regions of Italy. You know, traditional bechamel. <laughs> so yes, that's what you do when life gives you slap. You uh. <laughs> okay. Uh, I say. Slap back. There you go. What's what's life going to do about it? it? All it has is lemons. <laughs> Does life slap you with lemons? Oh, damn, that hurt. <laughs> hey, you put a bunch of lemons in a sock? You can beat somebody without leaving a mark. There you go. I think uh, we need to think about the... Uh... The immortal words of Cave Johnson. Yeah, I was, about to, I was trying to think of the Cave Johnson. What did he say? When, when life gives you lemons, lemons you, you take you those lemons, the lem- set the lemons on fire, and like you give them to the R&D department to create lemon grenades or some shit. Yeah. Like, Throw them back. Don't take life's lemons. <laughs> I'm going to genetically okay. engineer a lemon grenade. No, I got to look it up now because it's funny. <laughs> uh, here we go. All right, I've been thinking because uh, he talks about when life gives you lemons, uh, make lemonade, and then he comes back in and he's like, "All right, I've been thinking when life gives you lemons, don't make lemonade. Make life take the lemons back. Get mad. I don't want your lemons. What am I supposed to do with these? Demand to see life's manager. Make life rue the day I thought it could give <laughs> Cave Johnson lemons. Do you know who I am? I'm the man who's gonna burn your house down with those. Lemons, I'm gonna get my engineers to invent a combustible lemon that burns down your house." <laughs> There you go. I, I love the idea of life's manager. So, like it's just just some dude named Chris with like a name tag <laughs> that says manager of life. <laughs> life is sitting behind the desk and the phone rings. Like, hello, yes, I'd like to speak to your manager. The lemons you gave me were defective. 
<laughs> they did not make my lemonade sour. Can I and speak in fact, to the man? It tastes like orange juice. <laughs> you go and call life and he's like, Can I speak to the manager? And life is like, I am the manager. <laughs> oh shit, son. Life gives you lemons and slapbacks. There you go. Just slap back. What's life gonna do about it? Words by RJ. <laughs> That's your autobiography Just... title. <laughs> slap back. The RJ story. <laughs> the RJ... <laughs> I was a young lad, barely seven, I just, when I first learned that sometimes life slaps you around. I, love I don't know the image how. Of, I, I love didn't the do much as a child. The book cover is just slap back, and it's RJ with his arms crossed, like leaning against the side of the book. Oh, see, I was picturing <laughs> me like slapping somebody. Oh, <laughs> it was just like in a white onesie, and across the face it says "life." Oh no, you had that like old Batman comic meme. <laughs> or uh isn't that robin slappy yeah yeah <laughs> it's just replaced with, with rj <laughs> there we go calvin do, how do you, do you do you agree with the slapping uh yeah all right our next question how do you prefer to light your homes using the main lights from the room lamps or by other means if at all combustible lemons fire. yeah there you go <laughs> whoa flaming lemons and the room <laughs> smells lemony way. fresh. Yeah, exactly. Just you just have a, like a a fire pit that you're throwing lemons in. <laughs> uh, I based on my current living conditions, only some of my rooms actually have overhead lights, so it varies. Yeah, I'd um, say uh, for me, it always depends on the type of lights I have. If they're too harsh, that can be. Like uh, at my old place with James, they it had like just like those fluorescent overhead lights that you would like have, and those were pretty harsh. So we would string up. We had uh Christmas lights string strung up, and when we were like watching stuff in the evening or whatnot, it was always nice to just have just those on because it was a much softer, warmer kind of light. Fair yeah, enough. Current, I currently have uh lamps and uh actually one of those like candle lamps you use to melt candles mm. so yeah no i'm i hate i hate overhead lights i like i much prefer having indirect lights with it i know in college i used a lot of uh christmas lights yeah bring them up on the walls and i don't know it just it just looks better yeah it's nice to have that it's it's cozier yeah i had a lot of lamps it's cozy it's nice who needs natural sunlight? That that is fair, actually. During the day, I for me at least, nothing beats just natural lighting. I would much prefer during the day to have like big windows and just let all the natural light in. I will say, on some days when it's like really overcast, I will just like turn off the uh, shut the blinds. <laughs> it's like the natural light's just not doing it for me. <laughs> like like today, I just felt like a gremlin, but I was like, I can't. <laughs> Light's gross. Nah, overhead the when it's overcast, best because then it's just like a nice soft glow. Yeah, it's not harsh. It's nice and even. I like, totally perfect for filmmakers. <laughs> <laughs> I totally, I totally understand that. I guess just today, I was feeling like I needed to be a, needed to be in a cave. <laughs> yeah, as one does. Indeed. Uh, next question. What is the trick to wearing a button-down shirt? With the further details... Button the buttons. I'm Done. 29, but feel like every time I <laughs> try to wear one, I look like a 22-year-old's first time to his first job trying to dress business casual. Anyone have any tips to wear them better? Uh, my advice it is it. stop being 22. No, there's that too. Uh, make sure it's the right size, and it depends on what you're going for. Uh, if you're, if you're, uh, a slimmer fit will obviously sit tighter and nicer. Um, but depending on your body style, it might not work out as well. Um, and the more relaxed box cut is going to have that boxier cut, but it'll help hide your body style a little bit nicer. So it just, it depends on the styles and you really got to find the one that works best for you. I'd say a good, um, a good button-down shirt can hold 
approximately 12 lemons without tearing. There you go. So, wait, go, go, when you buy a button down, go to the supermarket, <laughs> grab a bunch of lemons and see how much it can, it can hold. If it holds over 12, then you have a good. Uh, this is the only metric. See, the problem <laughs> is, the problem I see is you're worrying too much about what you look like when you're wearing the shirt. You're not focusing on the buttons. You need more buttons. Everyone else is wearing normal button-down shirts. You have to assert your dominance, your superiority, and your better sense of fashion by wearing as many buttons as possible. <laughs> not the gumdrop buttons! See? Even Shrek 2 knows you gotta have the buttons. <laughs> I just I love the image of a walking in just covered in buttons. <laughs> You'll also just rattle everywhere, all over his shirt. <laughs> yeah, Isn't that kind of what, like, sequins are? They're just, like, I mean, basically, like, buttons. They're very tiny They're just... little plastic buttons. Right? And yeah. shiny and flimsy. So, so wear, like, a sequined shirt, but the sequins are all just normal-sized buttons. Or, or better yet, you know how a lot of button-downs have those extra buttons on the cuffs in case yeah. you lose one? What if a guy has, like, a million of them on his shirt and you ask why, and he's like, well, what if I lose one? <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, I'm thinking you, you have all the buttons so that you rattle as you walk and warn off predators. I was going to say, what, to, like, scare away bears? Where are you living? You're just a dude in a fight with a king cobra to, well, like, rattle you're It's like a suit of armor. Just you're made working out of buttons. in a professional environment, and if that's not the jungle, I don't know what is. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot the Battle of Helm's Deep where the one guy is wearing a button down covered in buttons. But he lived. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> button down, you fool. Button down the hatches. Hey! See? I think that's how that saying goes. Buttons are important. <laughs> that's why that's the, uh, your second. That's your second autobiography title. <laughs> buttons are important. <laughs> Another RJ. Mitchell you press story. the wrong one. Nuclear Armageddon. <laughs> I'm glad somebody appreciates my humor. <laughs> yeah, one RJ. That's all it takes. Our next question. Going snowboarding for the first time. What can I do to prep? Lord. Oh, sorry. I forgot the further details. I'll be renting gear. How can I prep Done. physically <laughs> and or mentally? Give me some tips. Uh, go home. <laughs> just just wow. don't, don't go snowboarding. Why? Just man, don't do if it. If man was meant to put his feet on a piece of wood and fly off a mountain, he would have been given wings. I, but you I, don't need wings for that. Uh, he would have give, he would have been born with wood strapped to his feet. Hey, this is this is the, a sign of human ingenuity. Screw God! A bunch of people in the Arctic <laughs> Circle saw snow and was like, "I'm not I'm not about this," and just put a bunch of wood to their feet and conquered the snow. Like this is this is a feat of human a human feat? a feat a foot <laughs> two two feet of human ingenuity on a board to conquer the snow uh yeah that's how you need to prepare you know <laughs> like our ancestors you, you need to go outside and you know like you would build your own boat build your own snowboard <laughs> chop down a tree <laughs> take you know the what? wood make a snowboard that's how you prepare nah no nah, no nah, nah. i got this you prepare to snowboard skip renting the gear you get skis and you go cross-country skiing it's a superior form of winter athletics. <laughs> I will say I am I am a cross country skier, so I have to agree. See, although I I have never snowboarded, so I will not because you know it's wrong in the eyes of God. <laughs> wow, <laughs> what is it? What did you have like a snowboarding incident when you were young? What? No, I've <laughs> never been. <laughs> you have a lot of vitriol for this. You've never done. <laughs> Look, I've been giving advice for over two years now, and sometimes you either need to be right or wrong Only two and just years. take a hard stance. <laughs> I've never given advice before the first episode of Better Buddies, and as soon as the show's over, I'll never give advice again. But for <laughs> you now, have a window. <laughs> it's in my legally mandated court order. <laughs> this is community service. I had a very okay, good lawyer. For real, guys, uh, if you are going snowboarding, you need to remember to wax the bottom with some lemons. 
Um, you know, Christ, I thought you were serious for a moment. <laughs> I am serious, you know. Take 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 it, uh, cut a lemon in half, and just wipe the bottom just full up and down with lemon juice. You'll go, uh, like, ten times faster. I guarantee it. Uh, you can also, to make the snow... To, so this is a trick from sledding, along those similar lines. My, my mother, when they went sledding, would take the spray pan, like, grease out of the kitchen and spray the bottom of the sled. You strap one of those to the front of your snowboard and rig it so that you can press it with your toe, like press the thing with your toe and it makes it spray. So as you go down, you're just making it even slicker ahead of you. So you just fly. <laughs> Interesting. Also cut off your arms to reduce wind, uh, wind drag. Seems extreme. You can cut off your legs too. Gotta go fast. Yeah. I mean, who needs yeah, a torso? <laughs> The new, the new Sonic game is just Sonic's head flying. <laughs> I mean, when he turns into a ball, isn't that all it is? <laughs> and he goes his fastest. It's true. Um, maybe watch some videos, I guess. I don't know. I've never read snowboarding. <laughs> <You're trying> to... <laughs> uh, ooh, you know what you could do to prep physically? All right, so you're going snowboarding for the first time, right? But you're not at the snowboarding hill or mountain or wherever they snowboard, wherever there's snow. What? <laughs> You go down to the nearest hill. Flat ground. You go to the flat ground, right? You gotta stand on this, this snowboard and prep. So, get a plank of wood and just pretend you're one of those army guys in Toy Story and just walk around like that for a while. Because once you put that board on, you gotta get your money's worth out of that snowboard rental. You cannot take it off. <laughs> okay, I have, a, I, have a, I have a piece of serious advice for all you prospective snowboarders out there. Um, just skateboard. So you're supposed to... Sorry, snowboard. <laughs> no, no, I'm telling yeah, you... them to just skateboard. It's oh, yeah. <laughs> just bring a skateboard to the snow. <laughs> yeah, same thing. But for real, uh, you should wear a helmet when you snowboard. You know, you there, there's an increased chance of like you fall on the one side, you fall on your back, and your head bounces off against this uh, the snowy compact ground. You don't want to do that. So what you need to do is go outside in the snow, put on a helmet, and just bash your head against the snow to get used to it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> wow. I mean, premeditative con concussions. Um, That's actually a good point, though. If you haven't been face-washed in a while, just take some buddies out into the snow and like face-plant each other into the snow to get used to falling on your face. Yeah, you're never going to prevent accidents, like, 100% of the time. Like, there will be accidents, so instead of trying to prevent them, just prepare for them. Yeah, <laughs> practice. <laughs> Break your arm a couple times, it might happen. <laughs> the bone will grow back stronger. <laughs> Can you imagine if somebody, like, believed that as, like, a 13-year-old, and they kept doing that? To, like, everyone kept trying to dissuade them, and they're like, no, you're trying to make me weak. <laughs> <laughs> they keep breaking bones, hoping they grow back stronger so they'll become superhuman. Oh my god. <laughs> and then it works. And he is yeah, Lord, of, like, he is Lord of us all. I showed you. I showed all Bergeron. of you. We are weighed down by our chains and he is free. <laughs> <laughs> this was the last place I was expecting a Harrison Bergeron <laughs> pull. <laughs> but I'm into it. I like it. Thank you. Our next question... How much has your dating success increased after you became a dog owner? And the further details of what kind of breed is it? So, I am not a dog owner. But? However, I'm currently living with a family member who does own a dog. That His name is Newman. Newman. Good dog. Yep, he is a... Uh, he is a poodle-sheepdog mix. Um, Interesting, but I I think a better description is teddy bear. Is what? <laughs> He's he is a giant teddy bear lion mix. Oh, okay. Yeah, with he has like a raccoon face. He has big bear paws. It looks like a teddy bear came alive. That's that's the best <laughs> way I can describe him. And I and I will say, I've, I've taken him for walks all the time, and I have gotten people stopping me all the time asking about him so <laughs> but is that dating my, success it's not dating success mm. however i see this i see the potential <laughs> have i have much more potential than if i just walked out in my bum ass clothes 
That's fair. <laughs> well, there's your problem. You keep wearing the ass the assless chaps. Like, come on, give him something to wonder about. But I like the breeze. <laughs> um, hmm. Yeah, I I don't I don't I used to own a dog, and I my dating success wasn't necessarily better because of the dog. So like, in fact, I think I've gone on more dates since the. Oh, oh more dates. Oh. I haven't gone on more <laughs> dates since the dog died, but I haven't gone oh, on less. You're just neutral. <laughs> I think I, I technically went on more dates when the dog was alive, so I guess the dog did technically oh. increase my dating success. <laughs> it's proven your point wrong. Mm, this is bad. <laughs> I mean, it's just a basic metric, right? If you're sitting at the park, you know, if you're by yourself, people are just going to walk by you and think, there's just a a person in the park whatever but if you have a dog the it increases the chance of somebody stopping by like tenfold so question based on that uh, conclusion would it not be better then to have a cat on a leash at the park because you <laughs> no, don't see cats on leashes weird yeah but then you're the weird guy that brought their cat to the park with an adventurous fun-loving cat yeah i think that's definitely going to be a draw yeah, but the odds of you actually having an adventurous, fun-loving cat, like, that alone, <laughs> that alone, you've already I won the lottery. I will beat those odds. Okay, but if you Every already won the lottery once, you can do it again. Uh, okay, it kind of, uh, to Calvin's point, every time I somebody walking a cat it is always them standing waiting for the cat to stand up from lying down yeah <laughs> that, see that's the problem those people haven't trained their cat they just assume the cat will walk you have to get the cat you have to make sure the cat is like acclimated which is why you need to raise that cat with a bunch of dogs no for re- like okay for real though we're breaking out of like a comedy thing for a little bit um i desperately <laughs> want it was in a comedy thing so I have come to the conclusion that my ideal pet is either a dog that acts like a cat or a cat that acts like a dog. When do we start, like, programs of acclimation where... I'm not, I'm not like, advocating for, like, puppy mills or whatever. What I'm advocating for is that uh, shelters will have their kittens raised by older dogs and the puppies raised by older cats so that they acclimate oh, and create this new, like, personality breed of animal. I thought you were going to say you were advocating for genetic engineering, and I was like, I don't know that no, that's better. We don't need to do that. We just like you see you see in the videos that go viral online where it's like, hey, we got this kitten, and it's got two husky older brothers, and it acts like a husky. And it's like, all right, that's cool. Can I get one? What? what just the cat's howling? Yeah, like the cat will howl and like run with the dogs and That'd be like, so annoying. Yeah. No, it's just yelling that. at the moon. <laughs> like it plays fetch because that's what the dogs do. I said, okay, audience, uh, bookmark this episode for when RJ gets arrested in, like, five years for an underground, like... Right? <laughs> psychological... <Genetic> yeah. <laughs> yeah, can you get a psychological torment of animals? Like, they're physically fine, but he's, like, psychologically conditioning them. It's yeah, they're not perfe- psychologically they're condition. Healthy. It's not torture if it's Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> well, that's that's a claim that that's I do a, not subscribe to. That, this man is on his own. Yeah, that's a, that's a claim you, you instantly say. Disclaimer: I do not advocate for the opinions of the host of this podcast. He speaks oh, for himself. Hey, hey, Kyle, can you edit that out? Make sure they're implicated. Dude, Kyle hasn't worked here in years. Then who keeps doing my laundry? I don't know. You have problems, man. <laughs> it's your cat. It's your cat's you conditioned to do your laundry for you. You slave driver. They get treats. <laughs> it's a paid gig. <laughs> I would love to see a cat, uh, a cat labor strike. They're all just lying down. <laughs> just so normal like cats. cats. Yeah. Our last question this week: What trivial knowledge might save your life someday? Hmm. Uh, SOS and Morse code. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, King snake identification versus corn snake identification. Red on black, venom black. Uh, red on yellow, kill a fellow. I don't think that's the identification between a king snake and a corn snake. Is it coral snake? Co- that's just poisonous or venomous snakes versus non-venomous snakes. No, no, it's king... specifically to two breeds. Okay, well, RJ's going to get you killed. <laughs> 
No, there's these two kinds of snakes. One is red with black and yellow. Like, they're both red with black and yellow stripes, but the order of the stripes indicates whether it's venomous or not. Yeah, that's just all snakes. Red and black, venom black, red and yellow, kill a fellow. But not all snakes are red! <laughs> no, they're not, but if that, they, that that's just the thing. But that's not all snakes, then! <laughs> it's a, more than just those two, though, isn't it? I'm pretty it? sure it's not. <laughs> what snakes does red does the red, red and black saying apply like you're right it's king snake and coral snake it's not corn uh but i thought there the was only more than rhyme just that the... will identify a coral snake one of the deadly serpents in america north america it is important to acknowledge that the snake rhyme poem does not apply to all areas of the world yeah, obviously. Which means it does not apply to all snakes. No. Like you were saying. I, I said it was applying to more than just the two, but maybe not. I thought it applied to more. I'm pretty sure it doesn't. Um, there, see, this is bugging me because there was a piece of advice I gave the other day. Like, I don't remember what it was, but it was like, oh, yeah, the first one is this and the rest follow. And it's bugging me so much. Did it pertain to lemons? <laughs> No, it did not pertain <laughs> to real <lemons>. question. <laughs> hmm. Um. Ooh, actually, this trivial knowledge will save your life someday. Fun fact, quicksand is not as common as movies and television will have you think. However, <laughs> it's also not generally as deep or deadly. In fact, it's quite easy to float on it. What, movies lied to me? I know, right? That what? That's, that's legal? The one, they though. can do that? That's the only lie. The Avengers are that's real. That's the only Okay. The Battle of okay. New York happened in 2012. Really? Yeah. I see. Because <laughs> I was actually there in 2012. <laughs> then you, you saw the aftermath or the pre-math. Yeah, it seemed fine to me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you were out of town that day. Oh, I showed up the week before. <laughs> and then you went on a, you showed up the week before, went on a vacation for a week, came back a week later, and they'd rebuilt everything. <laughs> That's crazy. Man, modern engineering, man. I mean, there's a reason you can't find Sokovia on a map. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what that could be. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely because Ultron dropped it from space and destroyed it, and not that it never existed. Calvin Obviously. We're, Calvin, we're just hearing uh, RJ try to gaslight himself. Uh, Olympus has fallen is a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> Gerard Butler is an action spy. That's just such a, a phantom in a French did... opera back in the 1800s. <laughs> just all over the place. <laughs> He's an immortal. Why do you think? Uh, why do you think celebrities never age? It's because they're all immortal, acting out different what? roles through history. I didn't know that. Movies are just oh, documentaries. I thought, the, I thought it was the blood of the orphans they sacrifice. Oh, they got to keep their immortality somehow. <laughs> blood for the blood god. Blood for the blood god. Neither the lizard people and just shed their aged skin. There you go. I will say, I can't. I can't think of any trivial knowledge off the top of my head that would save a life. Um, Do hmm. CPR to the beat of staying alive. Uh, not all spiders die immediately by fire. It is best to crush them. No, just let the spiders be. Take them outside. Tell that to Australia. Let them be free. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you see it, when you see the spire the size of a cat, it takes you outside. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you put a leash on it and take it for a walk. <laughs> just, uh, what the, I just imagine like a huge, a huge cat-sized spider just like staring at you and doing the look at me. I'm the captain now. I fucking hate <laughs> that. I fucking look hate it. I, God damn it! How dare you put that in my head? I hate it. I don't want to turn around right now because I'm afraid there's a spider behind me. Do you not like spiders? <laughs> I hate them. I loathe them. I have got one under your desk right now. <laughs> How dare you? Oh god, I've got carpet. I'm uh <laughs> it's I, running I, away from you now. It's disappearing I'm, into the wall. I yeah, I'm not I'm not like pro spider, I'm more spider neutral. <laughs> I, I will admit, like I will say my loathing of spiders has gone down to the point where like if they're outside in nature, that is their space. And I am the visitor there. I acknowledge that. <laughs> but when you're but in when they're realm. in my space, they die. <laughs> except for wow. except for shower bros. Very small spiders who are shower corner bros 
at the top corners of showers, they're fine. This seems contradictory. I have a complicated relationship with arachnids, okay? Apparently. <laughs> uh, you can read all about it in RJ's biography. <laughs> <laughs> arachnids and me. A life story. <laughs> Just the picture is you, like, in the shower, and then a spider in the corner. <laughs> and you're both looking at each other long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Any final trivial knowledge we want to give out that might save a life? Mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. There we go. You've just learned all of your high school education in a single sentence. Congratulations. Go to college. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for joining. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Uh, Eli, do you want to plug anything before we uh, sign off? Sure. So if you're unaware i am a co-host of another podcast oh i'm not co-host of this podcast but i'm a co-host of a podcast called super bracket bros uh it's me and jay and we basically take a tournament of all these different characters from different movies uh comics video games and we put them in a big tournament of one-on-one fights to see who is the strongest uh we just launched season four the gun Um, tournament Yep, we're doing characters that don't have, uh, they're not powered, you know, they don't have superpowers, but they have guns. So <laughs> I think I think we have the we have the Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator, we have John Wick, uh, Laura Croft, you know, some of these more low key fighters who do battle with firearms. So I will be just surprised off... if Terminator doesn't go the distance but lose the last round. I know, right? <laughs> That's my cold shot. Well, like he, he uh, Terminator got the number one overall seed, but then we were thinking about it. We have. Uh, sarah connor in the same tournament as like a five seed and she beat the terminator so okay but like i haven't seen terminator so correct me if i'm wrong but she beat it by like just basically out enduring it and like throwing it in a like that counts though that steamroller or some shit right yeah but it's not a gun she won. a steamroller is not won. a gun she won though that's not a gun <laughs> this is a gunfight regardless we just started the season so it's a perfect time to jump in if you're interested uh it's super bracket bros on all social media um apple podcasts and spotify and if you're interested in what i personally have going on i have a website called eliasstokes.com where i post journals um and hopefully fiction soon uh, some of my illustrations yeah I, I i've been uh retooling my uh my illustration page but there'll be t- a lot more uh, illustrations popping up on my website too so if you don't yeah, write you... a children's book someday i'm gonna be surprised <laughs> it's it's on the it's i have many ideas and i don't know which one to do so do them all. <laughs> that's the plan so yeah uh it, yeah if you're interested in just uh reading what reading my stuff uh looking at my drums then eliasstokes.com is where you can find me Calvin, just um, the off chance maybe I don't know something. Do you have anything you want to plug? Mm, not really. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to plug this show. Hey, you're already listening to it, but get some more friends to listen to Better Buddies. Uh, we're over 200, not 200, oof, over 100 episodes in. Two years in. That's the right answer. Um, <laughs> oh, shit, dudes. I forgot to announce up at the top. It's Palentine's Day. Palentine's? I thought we made it through. Oh, you thought we would? I'm glad Calvin remembers. So, Elia. Maybe you don't know because you're not on as often, but it's also only been going for two years. Uh, the first year of this podcast, I declared that February is Valentine's Day. Specifically, the f- all episodes in February post Valentine's Day. Unfortunately, due to ve- the way the weeks are falling this year, there's only going to be two. But this is one of them. So this is a reminder to go out to all your pals and buddies and tell them you love them. Because they're there for you and you're there for them. Happy well, Valentine's Day, everyone. I think I will I will take that advice. RJ and Calvin, I love you. Eli, Calvin, I love you. We can't hear it, but we know Calvin's thinking <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, and you can thank your pals, too, by getting them to start listening to Better Buddies. Uh, we have fun here. You can have fun, too. Join us. Join us. You can join us by finding us on iTunes. Or Spotify, which is also where you can find the uh, band that does our intro and outro song, Problem of Interest. The song is Living in the Moment. You can find them on iTunes or Spotify. It's pretty fun. They're pretty good. 
Look them up. They're on uh, social media, too. You can find their current projects. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you buy podcasts. And our social medias on Facebook, Better Buddies. You can find our Meme Mondays and our Icebreaker questions. Uh, On Twitter, that's the other one. At Better Budcast. Use the hashtag Better Buddies when you tweet about the show. Or our Gmail account. You can send in to betterbuddiescast at gmail.com. Send us fan art, hate art, fan mail, hate mail, declarations of love and or war, icebreakers you want us to answer, or questions you need advice on. And last, but not least, be a better buddy. But, uh, no, you should, you should finish the series, though. It's good. But it's just, it's so chunky. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I, sh- I shouldn't say anything because I read One Piece. Yeah, man, you don't get to talk. <laughs> no, I, I can't talk at all. But it's so, it's just a big chonker. <laughs> good, though. I, I, it, it's one of those series I have to try to stop finishing. You know, you just have to enjoy the ride <laughs> as it goes. Okay, mm. you just gave me a brilliantly bad idea. You know how steakhouses will have the, like, finish this size steak, get your picture on the wall? Do that, yeah. but bookstores. <laughs> you, <laughs> you sit down in the bookstore, you read this book all the way through, we put your picture on the wall. And you just oh, got some like, dude who keeps ordering McDonald's to the bookstore because he's, like, stuck <laughs> reading War and Peace or some shit. Or, like, the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy and he can't leave, but he can't finish it in a day. If you want to talk about, I I am in an unfortunate situation where I picked up two chonkers. I got one Wheel of Time book and this 800-page epic, overly detailed, like, fiction shit about some dude's life to the point where, like, I know his daily routine. I know what food he eats. (laughs) I'm only, like, 200 pages through, but I'm basically stuck between these two chonkers. (laughs) I'm like... I'm like Sisyphusian, like trying to push them up at the same time, and I just fall over. 